Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla, the mama bird here at Little Bird Marketing. And today I am so happy to be highlighting amazing things that are happening in this industry that bring people together. Welcome to the MRX Mavericks miniseries. Your host, call sign Mama Bird, is on a mission to keep you out of the danger zone by introducing you to the Tom Cruises, the Top Guns, the Mavericks of the market research world. They're not flying F-14 Tomcats, no, 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 no. They're navigating the complex airways of data, consumer behavior, and market trends, and they do it with style. They don't follow the flight plan, they make it. This miniseries will be a little like a sweet 80s serenade. It might just take your breath away, but don't worry. We'll keep the oxygen mass ready. <laughs> Now, if you're feeling the need, the need for speed, and deep insights and razor-sharp analysis, strap into your ejection seat and get ready for some high-octane interviews. Our guests are flying in fast and ready to drop some knowledge bombs. Now, there's plenty of humor, fun, and, of course, plenty of Top Gun puns, so buckle up and keep your aviators on. We're about to go supersonic. (laughs) This is MRX Mavericks, where we're always in a flat spin of exciting developments and never too far from a volleyball scene. Enjoy the episode and remember, you can be our wingman anytime. Let's roll. Once again, I'm in this amazing mini series where we're really looking at the market research maverick. So I have with me today, Dan Quirks. I don't know why it has taken me so long to get Dan Quirk on the actual show, but I finally did it. So Dan, welcome. Well, great to be here. And I will tell you, I don't generally have not done podcasts. So you are actually the first one that I've been on. Oh my gosh, that is totally crazy. No, I did not. And we've been talking about it for a while, but let me tell you a little bit about Dan. He has grown up in the market research family. And so let me kind of explain that for a minute. But several podcast episodes I've done with other people who grew up in the industry, their mom or their dad or both were involved in market research directly. And that is the case with Dan. So you're in good company, Dan, and I'll send you all the different people. We have Maya Kantak, who was over at Disney. Now she's over at ZipRecruiter. We have Colson Steber that's over at CFR, Belinda Brown from Gazelle Global and more. There's just so many. I like the Luth sisters with uh, Roseanne Luth. So you got Janine and Lisa there, but there are a lot of people and I keep kind of amassing them and bringing them together. So Dan Quirk is now a part of that illustrious crowd, but he joined, it is a big group. group. And so a big family company here with Quirks and he joined them in 1993, really to expand their digital offerings, and also their global footprint. So today we're going to talk about what makes Quirks so special, how they serve people across the U.S. and across the U.K., and what does this mean to be bringing people together? So Dan, tell us before we jump into that, just kind of give a just a snapshot of your day-to-day. What are a couple of things that are types of things that are on your plate? Sure. Well, primarily what I'm always trying to do is look at the industry and where it's going and what's new and all of that. And then bringing that back to our team, hey, this is what's going on in the market research industry. We need to make sure we're covering whether it's chat GPT, which is the, the new hot thing. But back in 93, it was surveys by fax or surveys by email were a big thing. So I'm always sort of looking at the industry on a day-to-day basis. I start the morning by going out and reading as much as I can on LinkedIn and other things. And then, you know, 
it's, you know, you get a lot of email. So it's <laughs> managing the email and then working just with our team to make sure we are covering the formats that we do content, the latest and greatest that's going on in the industry. I love it. I love it. So tell us about Quirks as a company that is serving market research. What is different about Quirks from the other organizations that are serving this industry? Sure. There's two key differences. So one, we were technically started in 86. And the idea was at the time, you know, most end client researchers were had a research background. They came from marketing. And so they didn't really end up doing research. So the idea was to create a magazine for them where they could learn about marketing research supported by advertisers. So it was because the other thing is they weren't necessarily professional market researchers. They'd come in and out of that arena. And so they weren't joining the organizations. They weren't joining the associations, which were mostly suppliers. So we wanted to create a free source for them to get the action. That's number one. Everything we generally offer content-wise has always been free. Even we had a directory of research suppliers. It was uh, it and free to get it. Didn't have to be a member of the organization. I think the other unique aspect is we generally, and clients are our primary audience, always have been our primary audience. That becomes part of what we do. I guess a third thing that I think makes us a little bit different, we do not see ourselves as leading the industry. I always say I have no position on whether how ChatGPT, for example, should be used within the industry, what the ethics around that should. I see that as the role of the association, of the associations. They're the governing bodies. Our job really is to just, as a media company, is to cover the industry and bring all of the information we can about marketing research and insights to real wide audience. Okay. So you mentioned you get up and one of the challenges you have is like, how can I read? How can I know really what's going on in this industry that we're covering? So tell me a little bit about what other challenges you're facing them in your organization as you're serving it. Like you say, you're not like necessarily going out there and leading the way in governance, but you are trying to bring people together and make sure that there's a nice hub where people can come in order to get the information that they need without a lot of preamble. So what is challenging you then besides just really staying up to date with what's going on? Sure. I mean, I would say the biggest challenge is, so what the end client researcher is looking for, the information they want is not always the same as the information that the supplying companies want to talk about or want to, they have one idea of what they want to promote and talk about and the end clients have a different idea. So I'm spend a huge amount of time to find that sweet spot, which is where the supplier is giving them supplying companies, the ones who are doing the work every day are giving the end clients the information they want in the format that they want. So I sort of see myself as a bridge between these two audiences who sometimes have different agendas. Mm. That is one of our biggest challenges. Strength of ours though is, so we have a whole staff of editors. So we get an article that we think is really good in terms of it's overall focus and content, but maybe a little too salesy. Our editors know exactly how to rewrite that article to work with the author so that it really gets to the heart of what the clients are going to want to read, which is better for also the person who's written the article because a good editing job will make the content shine, which ultimately makes the company shine too. So we right. do that. 
Love that. I love that. Okay. So you've seen a lot and your family has a lot of legacy knowledge about the insights industry. So over the last several decades, can you give us some of the ups and downs highlights and then give us kind of a look of what you think is challenging the industry right now? You've mentioned ChatGPT. I know we're going to jump into it, but let's kind of look historically first. Right. Well, I mean, historically, the industry has gone through a lot of changes. I actually think the industry is really in a very good position. You know, it used to be a challenge was any clients weren't professional researchers, which made it really hard if you were a supplier to work with them because they didn't often know what the difference between a focus group or a survey was. Now, I think end clients, we see a, a lot of degree programs for marketing research and data science and all of those. And so I think it's a more professional industry in that sense of it, we're seeing people who choose to go into the marketing research and insights industry. So that's been really good. I think the big shift we've seen, it used to be, marketing research used to be data collection. It was all about data collection. In fact, in the past, sometimes if a data collection company would go to the client and say, well, here's the data and this is what I recommend, they were sometimes slapped down and told, no, no, your job is just to give us the data. Your job is not to tell us what to do with the data. Big shift now, there's a lot more consultative relationship between suppliers as well as end clients. And a lot more now, it's the storytelling of the data that has really sort of come forefront, trying to make that data actionable. I think in the past, the challenge was, okay, we've collected all this data, but nothing's happening with it. There's no action on this data. And now there's much more of a focus on it's not data is worthless if it's not acted upon. So it's much more about making impact. And I think that's a positive. But, you know, whenever you have these transitions, there are people whose skill set is now out of date. And you so you see this sort of 180 change in different skill sets. And so I've been through several cycles of those. There was a time when marketing research was all paper surveys and qualitative focus groups, and that's it. And then technology came in, and that brought a whole new group of people into the industry as well. And that had its own challenges because all of a sudden, technology could do things. Some people were like, but is the technology and the software accurate? You know, and so then there's those new challenges. Right. You and I were joking around about like before we started recording the podcast about the big hoo-ha around AI and chat GPT and the technology. But my comment is like, it's always the same. Humans haven't changed. We used to be freaking out about our cell phones or the microwave giving us cancer. And I have to say when they went from delivering messages from horseback and got the phone, people were like, what is, how is this going to work? This doesn't make any sense. This is going to put people out of work. <laughs> so well, I think humans have never changed. <laughs> and I like your approach saying, I'm not here to govern it. I'm here to cover it. <laughs> Before we get too far, let's talk about this show's sponsor. As a business professional, mastering social media is no longer a nice to have set of skills, but a fundamental need in order to advance your career and exceed goals. A lot of people are interested in learning social selling techniques for revenue generation, network building, and maybe even to advance their thought leadership. But what is actually needed is a practical and repeatable system to digitally transform whole teams. Teams that commit to creating meaningful digital communities and learn how to leverage social media to turn relationships into sales online far outperform their competitors. 
and companies that commit to investing in their teams to increase their personal social influence reap the benefit of increased brand awareness and positive upticks in company reputation. Social media is natural, it's cost-effective, and it's an easily leveraged tool at anyone's disposal. What is lacking is an effective and proven system that trains sales, marketing, HR, and executives alike to move from social selling to complete digital transformation and into digital dominance. Our 12-week social selling course is a practical, hands-on experience. It's taken over time specifically to address the needed mindset shifts, the changes in habits and behaviors, and all of this while implementing new skills. You will learn how to network effectively and at scale, build rapport with targeted audiences, expand your influence, and become the go-to authority in your area of expertise. So this is not a quick tips and tricks for LinkedIn success flash in the pan. It's a commitment to changing the way you show up online and experience career shifting breakthroughs. This is expert instruction in small cohorts with personalized one-on-one coaching. If you're interested, go learn more at littlebirdmarketing.com slash social hyphen influence. And I would say that I look at the media industry, which has seen huge change. I mean, our magazine used to be our only product. And then, you know, it evolved into e-newsletters and a website. And then it evolved into events. Really, though, we're doing the same thing. We're still providing content and we're just providing it in different formats. And I think the same is true of the marketing research and insight industry. And you're right. ChatGPT seems scary right now and it could end everything in different jobs, but it will just be a transition. We did an article, I think it was probably 1995, and somewhere in the article, there's a line that says, this online surveys could be the end of marketing research because everything will just be collected online. It was the end, I think, of a lot of data collection. Um, It definitely, the number of mall facilities that collected data at shopping malls disappeared, but there was just a different way of collecting it. Right. And now look at shopping malls. They're not even, they're not even <laughs> much around anymore. Once they lost market researchers, what were they to do? <laughs> exactly. That must be the end of it, right? Right. We're going to attribute that to market research for sure. But if you do go to a shopping mall, you really have to ask yourself, number one, why <laughs> anymore? But yeah, it's so interesting that there's a small piece that's taken out, but yet it morphs and there's always yeah. something new. I would say having come into the industry just in the last decade, about 10 years ago, It is interesting to me. I think I was right at the very beginning of when it became more technology companies and fewer qualitative companies. And all of a sudden tech, those people had the most badass booths. They were really sharp on their branding and it really started cracking the whip on a lot of big market research firms who really had not been with the program in terms of their website, their marketing campaigns their brand presence and things like that. And I know we're both a media company, so I know that we're a little bit more sensitive to that branding and whatnot. But obviously for me, I've made an entire career out of serving an industry who largely could be described as the cobbler's kids that have no shoes. I think you and I feel that way looking at it. And of course, love this industry. That's not a derision on anybody in the industry, but they for a long time were one of those verticals that did not get held to the highest standard of branding 
out there. Like other companies were not able to survive without the sharp website, without the branding, without the very in tune marketing messages. And this industry really for a long time got away with it. <laughs> and that's not the case anymore. So I did witness the kind of the switch over into more technology and the mobile digital first kind of mentality within market research. But yeah, your family has definitely seen a lot more of the changes over time. I didn't think about it until you said it, but even though I own my own business, I went back and got my master's degree in marketing and it would have been, I can't remember what year I finished it, but it would have been around that same time. And I never thought about it, but I'm like, I bet I was seeing better marketing from the tech company thought we need to elevate our brand ourselves and our brand awareness and all of that. And then went back to school because I was like, okay, how do I do this? I got to figure it out. So I think you're right. There was that transition going on and that in terms yeah, of branding as well. I'll give a little shout out. I mean, the ones that I first noticed on the scene that were really doing it right, Proto Brand, Susie, Box Pop Me, Zappy, I'm sure I'm going to leave some out. But I even thought that was interesting the first time I met Matt Britton, the leader of Susie. Then I realized, oh, it's because his whole background is in branding and agency world. He didn't come from market research. And so as those people got involved, it, it did alter the standards and people had to start playing at a little higher level. So I noticed it pretty distinctly. And it was pretty cool to watch that transition. And I am interested with the AI solutions coming in. This is even further upping the game because it's one thing to build a software or build a platform. And of course a system or SaaS, these kinds of things are getting changed periodically and upgrades. I think we would, that's mild upgrades to systems that are that large, but with AI, it's changing every four days and the continual evolution that is required for really honing in accurate use of AI from where the modeling is right now is at a very different level than what we were looking at in terms of technology coming into the market research space. Oh, definitely. I know Well, we had a Los Angeles event this year and we're doing Dallas in 2024 and then going to go back to Los Angeles. But I just put in basic information about our Dallas event and said, write a press release for this. And it did. And then you're able to say, well, change the tone of it. And then just for fun, we said, now rewrite it as if we're Donald Trump, which was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) With the grandiose language. Hold on um, one second. I, Will you please put into chat GPT? And next time you have a Quirks LA event, can it not snow? Could you put that into oh, chat know, GPT? Right? <laughs> How well, crazy said, was that? We were the only, I was like, do you realize every event we had, we had Los Angeles where they had the coldest day in 20 years. I think it was 49 degrees. And then I think our Chicago event, one of the days, 49 degrees. And our London event was 49 degrees. So we have New York in July. It better not be no. 49 degrees. Although last year it was like 99 degrees. I was going to say, was I was I was at Quirks New York last year and we were so hot, we couldn't even walk down the street. So maybe as much as I did not like 49 degrees when I was in LA with you guys, maybe I would welcome it in New York this next time. <laughs> but it was so bad last time. I remember I stayed a few extra days and on the final day, I was like, I should have just flown home early. I just didn't <laughs> want to go outside. It was that hot. Um, for sure. To for get sure. Back, I did want to just say, to get back to your point about the marketing thing, though, when you brought that up, I will say this. I do think, I always say when people say, what advice would you want on marketing? I have the belief that every industry, every product sort of ends up tending toward a commodity. For every Coke, there's a Pepsi. For every iPhone, there's a Samsung. No matter what it is, there's always people and everything. And to me, 
what then, and that's happening in the market research industry as well. For every company that does one thing, there's somebody else who does something similar. So I think the big thing is branding can help set you over. I think it becomes important because remember, everybody's busy and they don't have time to research every single company. So, but they do have time and the one they need something. Remember the one that did branding. They're going to remember the one that was out there and they're going to check with them first. And you want to be in that consideration. Branding alone won't win you the project because you have to have the follow-up and actually do it. But in a crowded marketplace, we'll get you in the consideration set. And I think that is super important. And I think you've tapped into that. Yeah. Well, thank you for the short plug for hiring Little Bird Marketing. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, I think people a lot of times underestimate that. But let's come back to your brand because there is something that I would really like to highlight in this podcast that I think not everybody knows about that Quirks provides. You have created several years ago, but created something new, the Market Research and Insights Excellence Awards. So why don't you tell us a little bit about why your team created this and what it does to really serve the industry and what kind of opportunities are there? Sure. Well, I'll tell you, the idea for it came from the MRS Awards in the UK. Those awards, they have like a thousand people. It's tuxedos. It's a formal event. I'm going to give huge kudos to them and to Jane Frost and who runs that organization. It is just a spectacular event. And so we wanted to create something like that in the United States because we felt there was nothing like that. Um, some of the associations had, to, had awards, but you know they weren't like every year or they were one award. And we wanted to create something that was more like 20 awards. So the very first year we did that, we had an award ceremony in New York City, launched it. It was really good, fun time. And then COVID happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we had to... After that, after the first year, we had to improvise, do it digitally. And the one thing we learned about digital is we started getting a lot more submissions from all over the world and better submissions. And we realized the downside of having, especially in the United States, a big event, distances are so far. And so a lot of people can't necessarily attend an in-person award ceremony. So I think we're going to probably keep it virtual from now on. But the idea was we wanted a very, very legitimate way to recognize the good work that marketing research firms and departments and individuals are doing and give them recognition. So we created a grading rubric for each of the different awards that we have. We pick judges from within the industry. We keep the judges anonymous, so there's no lobbying of judges. We then, even the judges go into a portal and grade the submissions and as best as possible, we try and remove any identifying information. And they all grade individually, so they're not even biasing each other. So we are trying to create what we see as a very legitimate award. So winning it is a honor. Actually, being nominated is a real honor as well. And making the final list of nominations, the finalists, and then winning is a real honor. There is only one winner per category. So when you win, it means something. Mm. And we just felt it was very important to recognize the work that people were doing and really to elevate the industry and the overall awareness of the industry. I love it. I love it. And we're going to put the link to this year's nominations in the show notes. So be sure to go check that out and go visit them at uh, Quirks Media. It's just quirks.com. So really easy to find all of their events, but we'll put the link directly to the Marketing Research and Insight Excellence Awards for this year. 
Well, and I want to be really clear too, including research and insight excellence awards, which is a mouthful and it, you know, from a branding standpoint, oh, that's hard. But I want to be really clear that it wasn't, although we produced the awards, it is not necessarily the Quirks Awards because we are not the judges. The judges are people within the industry. And I really didn't want to make it about us. I wanted to make it about the industry itself. So it's, I always say it's the Marketing Research Insights Excellence Awards produced by Quirks, but it is not necessarily our award. It's the industry's awards. So. I love that. But I still reserve the right to dress up in my ball gown while I'm watching. Let's agree. Let's let's agree to that. Maybe we should have a social media thing on the side. I used to do that for virtual events for our American Advertising Federation. And I just like, hey, I know we're virtual, but can I just go ahead and see the ball gown? Go ahead and send us a, a shot online. And that makes I'm it do super a shout fun. out to you for the MRS Awards in London. They're in November. They're amazing. It is a formal, it is a wonderful event. So you would love it. Okay. Well, Stuart Tipler for sure will be there in all kinds of fashion. And we do have a couple of fashionable guys from Tariq to Bob Qureshi to Stuart Tipler. I mean, between them, we've got some real dandies when we look at like some very stylish dressing. I think over here on this side, the only one we have is probably Raj Manosha. So maybe he should be the virtual MC for this because he is voted, in my opinion, best dressed in market research. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I wear my crazy shoes and now it's become pants to it when I do our events. I don't wear those normally. And it all started because I, I have a foot that goes sort of numb when I do events because I walk so much. And the, the doctor said, well, you just need more comfortable shoes at the event. So I found some pink suede Pumas. I'm like, I'm going to wear these. And now it's become, I think I own 18 pairs of different shoes I wear at events of Pumas. But it started as fun and now it's become sort of a personal brand thing that I do. And well, you know, I highly recommend personal brands. So I think we're on the same page. Dan Quirk, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for all that you and your team do in the marketing research industry. Well, thank you for having me. It was a great experience for my first podcast. <laughs> we were nice. We were nice, very gentle. But from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.